0: Super brawl, Super Saturday, what is it? I don't even know what it's called, what is it called? Super brawl Saturday. Super brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. Every day of his life, just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! <laughs> New York City Ric Flair! Yeah. You're gonna find out what hard is all about. I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much.
1: Make it, Make it. Make a, I it, 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 it. I hate, hate stuff. Hit the door. Yeah. We, we love
0: you, Scott. Scott ah, Today, whew, I've got the star and profile
2: guys talk about being students of the game
0: i am the game jr
2: What is going on everybody? How is it going? It is Wednesday night. It is Dirt Sheet Dudes. I am Boxman. And sitting across from me is my main man, Smark. What is going on there, brah? Smark's on mute. Now he's not.
1: What is? Oh uh, good sir. How's it going tonight?
2: Um yeah. A little little rough, but uh I'm I think I can make it to the show. Uh got a hold of some bad leftovers last night, and uh haven't been very good since. Not at all. Got fucking body pain. My stomach is killing me. My, I feel like I was up fucking throwing up all night, dude. My body is hurting from head to toe. I don't know what the fuck is going on with me, man.
1: Yikes. That didn't that sound fun at all.
2: No, I think it might be time to go see a doctor. I probably need to find out what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting weird shooting pains in my toes. Probably yeah. not. Probably not good. Probably not good is all I'm saying. But I'll figure out what it is. I guess. Probably have to do nine million tests on me.
1: <laughs> I hate tests, Mark. Anyway, all right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, understand. I remember you saying you don't like needles and whatnot.
2: No, don't like needles. Don't like tests. Don't like cameras being shoved down any orifice of mine. Um, but one way or another. <laughs> One way or another, I do need to. Uh, I do need to figure out what the hell is going on with me because uh, this body pain is getting pretty unbearable. By this uh, around now, it's been it's been a couple months, and it just seems to be getting worse. So I don't know. I don't know. I'll live. I think. I hope. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, uh, uh. Whatever. Right. Whatever. I'll live until there you go man all right so let's go ahead we will uh go ahead obviously we've got a bunch to talk about i gotta be honest didn't watch raw didn't watch nxt did watch all out did watch AEW dynamite tonight um so we definitely have plenty to get into with just that and news and how about before we get into that why don't we jump into plugs real quick smart knock them out and then we'll uh Try to knock this show out as quick as possible tonight, so I can get some fucking sleep. All uh, right, let's start out. We got the high marks, of course. It's Cheese Man, it's Mojo, it's G Wiz, and of course, thanks Cheese Man for joining us on the return show of Hollywood Hangout at a great time doing Draft Day with uh, Cheese and Smark. Of course, definitely appreciate you guys letting me pick your brain on sports for a little while. But uh, you guys want to be checking out the high marks right there on Mixler.com/slash/MetalMitt network that's right two t's in mitt make sure you add that second t when you go check them out 8 30 p.m eastern time sunday nights and of course the in humans on the inhuman experience it's bobby anthem it's bobby blades and they can be found on all those usual podcast platforms and the unscripted wrestling podcast check out those guys too 100 check them out they're on blog talk radio they're on all the usual podcast platforms and you should be listening to them and, of course, Stephen Milan. He's out there sharing the show. It's greatly appreciated. Go over, check him out on letterbox B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan. He's over there reviewing films. Don't forget to put two L's in Milan. And don't forget, join me once again Friday night. Not sure what I'm doing yet, but I'll figure it out tomorrow for a Hollywood hangout. Gonna start probably 9 p.m. Eastern time, a little earlier. I didn't get to bed till like 3 the other night, so...
1: <laughs> yeah
2: Yeah, yeah, start a little earlier Get it knocked out and uh, let everyone else Go out or get to bed, whatever they do Go for it, Smart
1: Yes, sir, Mondays, 8.30pm On the Metal Met Podcast Network On the play Machine, it's Cheese on Sports With Cheese Man, G-Wiz, Matt, Luke, and myself Be sure to check us out Opening week of NFL is here, so we're going to be talking about that. There's predictions, there's UFC talk, always be sure to check it out. Sundays, 10 30 a.m. on the Middle Bit Podcast Network, also on the Mixler Machine, the Moderic City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk. And last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet tour. The planet rack on our podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Sincere, and Nasty. All 16 episodes of season one are ready and available for you at your leisure. And be sure to subscribe for season two.
2: Alright. There you go, because it's coming for you. That's it, brother. Alright, there you go. Smark over there talking sports. Definitely check that out. Alright. Right. All alright, alright. So I guess we can get into Wow. AEW all out. I don't. Uh, I don't think we need to really go down the whole match card smark. Um, I mean, let's face it; it happened already a while ago at this point. But uh, wow, what a fucking show, man!
1: Hmm. Very much so. It was one of those. Like, I have. I don't think it's even humanly possible just in today's day and age that anything could be unanimously loved, but Mm. it is as close as you could possibly get, I think.
2: Well, I did see some people shitting on it, but those, you know, some people just hate AEW, and there's nothing you can do to change that. But uh, I got to tell you, man, I mean, all out, every match, I cannot pick a bad fucking match on the show. I loved Miro and Eddie Kingston. I thought that was such a fucking good story, those two told in the ring um the moxley match was great uh Britt baker was fucking awesome we have new tag team champions uh just every fucking match plus Mm -hmm. plus smart we got fucking ruby soho debuted and my god i thought she was gonna cry she got i mean they were chanting her name throughout the you know that whole uh Casino Battle Royale match, and Ruby Soho comes out as the Joker at the end of the match. What a fucking ovation for her. Literally, she looked like she got choked up for a second there. Uh, But awesome to see her win. Awesome to see her tonight, too, man. Just great, great stuff. So we got Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson. Holy shit. This company is picking up some fucking people. I mean, punk. Brian Cole. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Cole, but I I mean I I know a good signing when I see it. So
1: Right. Really, to kind of give credence to what you were saying before with the Ruby thing, a direct quote from her is because I, I noticed that, too. It looked like she was about ready to cry. And uh, she said, I honestly I've never experienced anything like that before. To have people have that anticipation for me to come out and for people to want that and for people to get it and get excited is something that I think all of us in wrestling industry thrive for. So just the idea of like it's it's kind of. Kind of makes me a little bit sad. She's like, I just, I don't know what it's like for people to cheer for him. I don't know what it's like to be a part of a company well, <laughs> that actually supports me. Well, you know, I mean, you got to figure someone
2: like her, you know, she leaves, she gets fired from me a- or WWE, <laughs> excuse me, WWE. She doesn't know what she's going to do. She's kind of hanging. She puts out these videos that are pretty goddamn cool. I was liking the videos, changes her name. And, you know, she's probably sitting there going did WWE fuck me up so bad that I can't, you know, be fucking, you know, the popular girl anymore? And I'm sure that felt good for her. I'm sure, you know, at some point, I think, you know, they probably doubt themselves when they get fired. And then, boy, when I'm sure when she heard that fucking crowd, though, man, I mean, and it, it was great. It was awesome to see. Plus, they got Rancid Ruby Soho.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Man, they are spending some money on fucking entrance themes, man.
1: Yeah, indeed they are, indeed they are. But I mean, it adds to the whole feel and organization presentation of it. I mean, it was obviously one of the big things about like ECW it was that, you know, everybody had sort of an iconic theme song and, you know, licensed theme, well, not license, their way of uh, licensing themes. <laughs> yeah, it was a little different uh, back then. Songs, just using them and Yes, yes. DMCA was not quite as overbearing or even existent, I don't think at the time. No,
2: no, definitely a uh, a different time for music when, I mean, you you play a few seconds of somebody and trust me, you get a copyright <laughs> strike for it. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, here, I, I guess we can go through a few of them here. We had the Moxley versus uh, Satoshi Kojima match. That was really, really a good match too, man. Um, with Suzuki coming out after the match, and hitting a hell of a pile driver on Moxley. I don't, you're lagging it a little bit still. I don't know why. Maybe it's Skype's fault. Want to blame Skype?
1: Yeah, I though, because we got the... He
2: has always blame Skype. Absolutely. Tell you what, let me turn my video off and see if that helps at all. Let's see if that might help it a little bit. It could. It definitely could. So, All right, but um, yeah, that match there. But like I said, that uh, Suzuki coming out, just looking as badass as he always does. But hit a hell of a pile driver on Moxley right there, man.
1: So interesting because I was surprised Santa was fucking.
2: All right, now you're just breaking up completely at this point. Hmm. <laughs> Damn it, I thought we had it fixed. You were perfect during the the uh plugs there. And then it just started going out a little bit right there. Um Roll on, well, almost got it. Almost got it there, but um, I'll roll on a little bit uh, if you don't mind. Uh, Wait, what was that? Mm -hmm. What was that you said?
1: Take two. Let's see.
2: Oh, that sounds better. That was better. You, You good? You good there? No, nope, might need to take three. All right, so <laughs> we had the...
1: We'll see. Hold on. Try again.
2: Oh, you almost had it there. Sounds like you got it. Oh, we're gonna, it looks like we're going to try to redo Skype one more time. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, you guys want to talk about one more great match throughout that night. Um, it was uh, obviously that fucking cage match. With Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, and I'm hope I'm kind of kill a little time here, hoping to get smart back as a loud car is driving behind my house here, um, but that match right there, listen, I'm I may not be the the biggest fan of the Young Bucks, but dude, that match they put on with the Lucha Brothers was ridiculous. I mean, they were trying to rip their masks off and. All this stuff, it was just every moment of that match was awesome. Phoenix going off the top of the cage. Just everything, everything I saw in that match was damn near perfection. You know, Smart was talking about, you know, almost unanimously, people are loving the, uh, we're loving the pay-per-view. Yeah, like I said, I've heard a few people talk a little smack about it, but what are you going to do? Everybody, you can't please everybody. But man, that match right there was something else to watch. That was just entertaining from start to finish. Uh another match that told an incredible story in the ring, uh, in the cage. But uh uh you know, we had Brandon Cutler a little bit, uh you know, uh the 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 Bucks pulled out the shoe with the thumbtacks glued to the bottom, the uh, you know, the, the, the ten thousand dollar shoe, and now you're putting glue on it. I guess it lost its value anyway. Uh but um really Really, just really cool stuff right there watching that whole match. It was just, like I said, from start to finish, the match was just intense and incredible. And, uh, we did get new champions in the Luger Brothers, which, uh, I'm pretty happy about. I really am. I'm pretty happy about that, to be honest. Uh, we got the, uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho match. MJF really kind of gave us the, uh, I guess you could say he spoofed the Y2J entrance a little bit, um, more than a little bit. He did the whole countdown thing, and I think we all thought Jericho was coming down, but no, it wasn't. It was MJF being his uh, his dickish self, and uh, just another. Not the listen. This wasn't a an incredible fucking match, um, but I f- I found it to be a very entertaining match. Again, I don't think it needed to have the stipulation where Jericho would, you know, if Jericho loses, he's not going to wrestle on AEW anymore. I don't think that was necessary. I think you really telegraphed a little bit of what was going to happen at that point. But, I mean, what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do at this point. I'm still waiting on uh, Smark to uh, hop on back in here, by the way. I know he'll be back in here in a minute or two. I hope he will be. I hope he gets it figured out over there. But, um, you know. We'll get him back here, but before that, I guess we can go ahead. Um, after that match, we had the CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Whew. Man, I gotta tell you, not just where the match is great, but the crowd for every match on this show was spot on. They were hot, they were into it, they were just they uh, tons of fight. Forever Chance, and this is awesome, and holy shit, Chance! Great crowd. Throughout the whole night in Chicago, and of course for this one, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Um, I know with the little arm drag and everything, it was kind of a a little shout out to Bret Hart. And I did know i I saw the video before I saw the pay per view, so I picked. I, I saw it, so I knew what to look for. Pretty cool, either way. Um, Waltman was the other person in that match with Bret Hart and uh, Sean Waltman. And he did thank Punk and Darby Allin for doing that. Thought it was pretty, pretty cool and kind of touched him a little bit. But uh, that was pretty, pretty good. But this match here, man, I mean, it was just, again, I'm not going to say this was a fucking five-star banger of a match. But Punk hasn't lost a step, really. He looked as if he was trying to go a little bit slow just to kind of sell the story, but couldn't slow down too much. But I, it's just an, an incredible, inc- just a great thing to see CM Punk back in the ring and uh, doing his thing again, man. And I mean, even tonight he shouted, I mean, jumped up on the rope and said, I'm back, motherfuckers. So he's fucking back, obviously. Uh, did anybody watch Paul White versus QT Marshall? Did anybody? Anybody give a shit? Maybe? No? No, I didn't either i got to be honest with you. I fast-forwarded through it. Big Show won. That's fine. Or, I'm sorry, Paul White. I, I, I just didn't. I, I didn't care. I didn't care. I thought this was a really strange place to put this match, to be honest with you. Uh, really strange place to put this match. I mean, the crowd was so hot after CM Punk and Darby Allin, and then you throw this fucking cooler in there, and I'm sorry. In my opinion, this match is, was a was a cooler of a match. Um, so, you know, we got Kenny Omega out there after that with Christian Cage. That this was another good match. I'm definitely not going to say, it. like I said, it wasn't a bad match on the show. Uh, some really cool moves in this match, though. That uh, that one winged angel from the top of from the top rope was pretty goddamn cool. Um, reverse DDT at one point. Tons of V triggers in this match, but. Really, just a very competitive match between the two guys. I really just, I mean, like I said, it wasn't incredible. It wasn't great, but I've always been a fan of Christian. I like Christian. Um, so I I think this match came off very well and uh, was damn good. But this match ends... And we get Kenny Omega. He's out there talking all the smack. Oh, there's no one in this company on my level, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, we get Adam Cole out there. Cole comes out and they're all kind of like, hey, wait, calm down. But before that, we had, uh, you know, Lucha Express. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jurassic Express come out there Um, because at one point they were all beaten down. Christian, Jurassic Express comes out. So they're all in the ring. They all get attacked. And then next thing you know, we got Adam Cole coming out. And uh, you know, they Omega and the elite all attack cage after that. And then Brian Danielson basically comes on down to uh kind of even the odds, if you will. And uh it was really, really cool to see him. And I mean, you know, everyone else is coming down and all these awesome t shirts. And what do we get? Brian comes down with plain white you Know dry fit shirt on just completely, completely Dan, you know, Brian Daniel. It's just him, just yeah. You and your nice t shirts can go do what you want. Personally, I don't know, no big deal, but uh, hopefully, we're getting smart back here. I see he's active in the old chat room there, uh, so hopefully we'll get him back but uh like i said i thought this pay-per-view was absolutely just a really good pay-per-view barring that one match which i didn't even bother watching but uh you know maybe maybe if i had watched it it might have been even a worse pay-per-view i just decided to go through it and not even bother with it so why not but yeah this was awesome i mean people have uh, it's been highly talked about obviously with you know adam cole coming in now you got you got punk you got Cole you got Brian Danielson even with someone like Ruby Soho coming in you know formerly Ruby Riot it's pretty pretty cool to see a lot of these people coming in and i got to tell you man the roster on this fucking show uh for this company is definitely building to uh to a fucking really really high level uh to the point where even Mick Foley is saying, uh, WWE might have a little problem here. Um, let me see. I think I've got that audio. Let me kill time, try to get old Smart back here. Uh, let's see here. I, uh, here we go. I do have the audio. Give me just a second. I'll get that pulled up. Like I said, the internet here tonight is not doing very good. So I'm, don't know. That could be why Smart is cutting out. I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, Give me a second here, and I'll get that audio pulled up. Maybe. I don't think it's going to pull up, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, Shit, just like your computer. Just like my computer. Anyway, uh, he went on, he titled the video, WWE, We've Got a Problem. Uh, It says, hello, this is Hardcore Legend Mick Foley. I'd like to title this video, WWE, We've Got a Problem, because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place for talent to aspire to, Foley began. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines. But part of it, or part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental uh, characters are cut or left by the wayside. Or in the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. If it's not broke, don't fix it. If it was an aspiring talent, or if I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today... I'm not sure I would trust the powers that be with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. Um, When a basically company man like Mick Foley, who, I mean, he, he yeah, okay. He went over to TNA, Impact or TNA, whatever you want to call it, and did some stuff over there. That's fine. That was fine. He said he even told Vince he was going. No one cared. But when a company man like Mick Foley is saying things like this, I don't know, man. I think that speaks volumes right there. I, I really do. And I think that the fact that you have people like I'm sure the guys he's talking about is an Adam Cole, is a Bryan Danielson, is a CM Punk. When you have talent like that that are willing to leave the you know, finger quotes, big money company and go to AEW, this startup company, and then, you know, it's it's it really says a lot about what AEW is doing compared to what WWE kind of just holds its course. SOS, it's the same old shit with WWE, and it seems like people are really starting to figure it out. Like I said, man, Adam Cole Rumor went around he was offered a million dollars to come stay and make his debut on SmackDown, blah, blah. Well, maybe he didn't trust the powers that be, like Mick Foley said. Maybe he didn't trust him to do right with his career. I I, I just don't know. I mean, Brian Danielson obviously was, that's something he's been kind of saying a long time now is that he he just doesn't trust creative. So... You know, now you got him over there at AEW. You got CM Punk, which, I mean, let's face it, not many of us thought he was ever coming back to wrestling. I sure as hell didn't. I didn't think he needed it. But uh, it's great to see him back. He looks like he has got a fire lit under him again for the wrestling business and the love of wrestling, which I don't think anyone thought was possible with CM Punk. Uh, I mean, he literally was talking about the business like he couldn't stand it anymore for a while there, like, Really, talking like he hated the business at this point. And um, next thing you know, he's, he's back. And like I said, I mean, he jumped on the goddamn ropes ropes tonight. And I'm back, motherfuckers. So he just looks completely invigorated, like he's got a whole new whole new fire lit in his belly, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, just when you've got Mick Foley out there saying something like that, that should say something to everybody. It really should. Um, I got a little clip here of uh, Daniel Bryan. I'm going to go ahead and play. Hopefully get Smart back on here. I don't know if uh looks like he's still here. I'm going to play this audio. It's about two and a half minutes. Daniel, It's Brian Danielson speaking after All Out went off the air and just kind of talking, letting us know a few things and why he came here and all that good stuff. Here we go. Well, help one my eye on mute.
0: There's a couple reasons why. One, the incredible talent that's here in AEW. I think Christian, I think Christian would say the same thing. But one of the reasons why it makes it so appealing to come to AEW is because of the work these men have done for the last. from the people who came here early and believed in AEW. I'm talking about Chris Jericho, who came here from day one. I'm talking about John Moxley, who came here. I'm talking about young men and women who were busting their asses on the independent circuit. The AEW gave them a chance. And boy, have these guys delivered! went If they truly are. The second reason I came here is because, god damn, you guys are the best fans.
2: All right, take three.
1: Yep.
2: Sounding better.
1: No, we shall see. I don't
2: know. No, sounding really good right now. Sounding perfect. All right. Well, all there right. we go, I guess. There we go. Whatever you did, you did good. Um. All right, Smark. I kind of trailed a little bit through all out there. Um. Played a little. Well, I didn't play the Mick Foley audio. I had to read it because my computer wouldn't pull it up. And, um... Why don't you give some thoughts on all out real quick, man?
1: Sure. Yeah, like I said, it was pretty surprising because there really wasn't anything I think that they could have done that could have made it better. Like there was really nothing that they could have, you know, they didn't fuck anything up. Everything that we kind of thought might happen did happen, but they they did it in a way that actually felt different and exciting. It wasn't like super predictable. Every match from top to bottom, I think, was a good match. We, we did talk about a little bit, or you talked about a little bit, the QT Marshall Big Show match. Like, yeah, we already knew coming in, it was kind of a waste of time. Mm. I feel like if they wouldn't have had that in, like, the show would have somehow been even better if they just didn't include that match, but it is what it is. Right. I was seeing people talking about, you know, and I, I thought it was kind of the match that stole the show. But the the cage match, some people are calling it like the best cage match they've ever seen. So it's like it's pretty lofty praise, but just universally, it was a pretty beloved pay per view. Like you said, there's obviously going to be the people who are just normally detractors. That's just what they do. But I think anybody who had any sort of unbiased expectations going into it, I feel like everybody got their money's worth. Everybody enjoyed the show quite a bit.
2: Yeah, most definitely, and that I, I was—I definitely that cage match was fucking great, man. Loved every minute of it. But you know, again, the uh, the 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 surprises that we got, Smart, were were amazing. I don't know, I man. It, it's like this pay per view just kept giving everything we we were hoping we want. It just kept giving and giving and giving, and we were definitely there to fucking take it.
1: Yeah, it's funny because it, it made me realize that like that they're starting to kind of spoil me as a fan because I kind of felt like an entitled piece of shit after watching it because like, <laughs> within the first hour, they announced that they were doing the Andrade Pac match on uh, Rampage. Hmm. I was like, oh, great, it's going to last for 10 minutes. So I was like, fucking, I was upset. But meanwhile, they have like all these cool surprises planned. I'm sitting there like throwing a little mini temper tantrum that the match I wanted to see is getting postponed to Friday night instead of on the show. But... Other than that, honestly, that was really the only gripe that I had with it. Everything else was pretty great.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. I definitely thought it was, too. And I just uh, I don't know if you heard any of that audio I was playing there from uh, Daniel Bryan, um, basically just coming out. And I mean, I, I don't know if you heard what I said, what McFoley Foley had said. Just, you know, I mean, when you've got this much talent that are willing to take less to do more. Right. I mean, it's it's telling. It's it's very telling. And, I mean, that's basically, I mean, Daniel Bryan was almost saying the same thing. I didn't care. I'm a fucking wrestler. I don't want to be a sports entertainer. I want to come in here and I want to fucking wrestle. And, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to, And you know, he's in the ring with Luchasaurus and Christian and Jungle Boy and all them. And, I mean, dude, that roster is fucking shaping up, man. They've got fucking Moxley. They've got Omega. No matter what you think about Omega, he does have fucking great matches. Young Bucks. I may not be the biggest fan, but I know I know they're fucking a good tag team. They've got I mean, now they've got even more young, aggressive fucking talent out there. I don't know, man. Someone's becoming a
1: contender. Yeah, it definitely felt like a bit of a turning point. Like it's all about it's gonna be all about keeping the momentum going forward, but it seems like that was definitely a moment where you can kind of plant your fat flag on it and just sort of <laughs> You could notice a shift that's changing, I think. I, and I did I did hear – I read the Foley thing and I heard the whole duration of the little post-match speech that he gave mm. or you know, the speech that Brian gave after the show. It was actually pretty interesting because he did say that he liked being there. He was happy there. He didn't necessarily want to leave, but he just felt like he didn't have any other choice. Like he couldn't pass up on an opportunity like this, right. which is interesting in and of itself because – it's a it's a whole different narrative than narrative that we got with you know three of the other people that we were seeing and we were talking about you know with Punk obviously he definitely had nags to, to grind everyone do that with the Adam Cole thing he didn't want to give up his Twitch so that was a bone of contention there you know Ruby wasn't being used mm. so you know it's a entirely different narrative with Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson for the sake of <laughs> they liked him they were using him he was happy there. It wasn't somebody who was perceived as, you know, they couldn't make it there or that, you know, whatever. They were a failure there. They were obviously a success. He was a success there. He had creative control there. He was, you know, being involved in booking there, too. Mm -hmm. So he gave up a lot and he gave up a lot of money and a lot of just responsibilities that he had earned while being there to pursue you know, to be a part of this hot company. And, to, you know, as he was saying, was the fans that helped to build that up. And it was the roster itself. He's already joining something that's dynamic. He's not showing up there to try to make, you know, he, that was a very important in the word too, I think was, he was saying that he was joining this hot thing. He wasn't coming to make this thing hot.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. Most of it. And, you know, it was kind of, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. So, it happens. yeah, I'm, so not with it tonight. I apologize to everybody. I'm actually having some bad stomach pains right now. <laughs> Smart can probably see me wincing in pain. Yeah. I'll be fine. I'll Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll I will. I'll live. We'll make it to the show. But. um, Yeah, so. But yeah, I mean, it's it. it's just great to see all these guys. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Like I said, I mean, I don't know what AEW's contracts look like. I have no clue. Neither do you. None of us really do. But I'm assuming they're probably taking a little bit less to do more, which is kind of what kind of what you do. You, if you love the business, that's what you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, it, it's it's a worthy sacrifice for a lot of people, I think, to be able to be somewhere where you're happy or to be somewhere that you're allowed to have more artistic freedom you know if those are things that you care about everybody's priorities are different but it seems like they're giving people a platform where they can actually be the characters they want to be tell the stories they want to tell they're not as restricted right exactly
2: exactly and, and uh i don't know man but it's just i really feel like and you're right it did feel kind of like a turning point no wwe is not fucking closing down or gonna no but when their answer to shit is like hey Look who they got. Let's bring in Goldberg.
1: Right. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. They're they're not in any at all danger, at least in the very immediate future, and when maybe even the next couple of years of having anything bad happen to them. They're going to be perfectly fine. They've got big television deals and all of that. Right. But if this definitely makes AW feel like if it didn't before, feel like a genuine competitor. Like this, they have the kind of hype. If you want to look at things back in the day, they have the kind of hype that ECW has behind them, but they have the the budget that WCW has. So it's like they're a viable option.
2: Yeah, and you know, I see a lot of people doing that uh, ECW comparison, and you know what? It's it it it's not wrong, man. These fans are becoming rabid Mm -hmm. AEW fans, and there's nothing wrong with it, man. Not a goddamn thing wrong with it. I'm loving it actually. I'm and Daniel Brian Brian Danielson, even Jr. made sure tonight. As soon as he walked out, he went Brian Danielson. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Jr. didn't want to fuck that up again. Uh, <laughs> And I will say that that pay-per-view for sure highlighted the significance of Jim Ross mm. because I don't think anybody could have made those mo- that moment feel as good as he did or feel as significant or as important as he did. <laughs> like all of those big damn debuts, mm. he sold the shit out of them, and he showed exactly why he's there.
2: Well, and the Adam Cole thing was so fucking smart, what they did. They just – they hit the lights. Next thing you know, his name is up there on the fucking screen. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to sit there and go, whose music is that? It sounds new. Oh, we knew right away Adam Cole was fucking coming out to start some shit. And that's what he did. So, but you're right, man. JR, I mean, look. It, oh, he, he called Paul White big show. Yeah, I just fucking did too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's He called these guys matches for a long time and had a name in his mind. I mean, let's not. fuck Can, can we leave poor JR alone? Please. Yes. The JR hate us too much, people. It's just wrong.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Not only that, but it's just, it's just, I think it's people who might not have seen him at the height of his powers and just see him now. And it's like, oh, well, he doesn't know what this move is or he doesn't know the history of this person like what they did in Beyond Wrestling it's like I barely know what these fuckers did on Beyond Wrestling like give him yeah. a break
0: Jesus
2: Christ you know what stop watching AEW Dark and go listen to some fucking Jim Ross mm-hmm. on YouTube Yes, yeah, sons of bitches JR is a fucking man Salty JR is a better fucking man <laughs> so let's just get it out there smart Mark so anyway
1: um any more on all out there? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't really think so. I mean like just like I said from top to bottom, it was a great show. I you know it seems like it definitely does seem like a turning point. It was just it was cool to see like everybody be so positive about a show. You know what I mean? Like it was just very nice. It was very nice to see that. Yeah, it kinda was.
2: It really was. It 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 was very nice to actually see people praising his show and not being, you know, the fuck, you like that bullshit? Oh, come on, man. No. no. This was a great show, great surprises, great everything. And you know what? They were saying, all out, stay tuned. You're going to see some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, But I guess kind of while we're talking about the whole, uh, you know, AEW acquiring talent that has passed on WWE, um, CM Punk has... a uh, article up here in Forbes, um, that I was reading earlier. And, uh, basically he, he it, it was with ESPN, the interview, uh, it's just up here on Forbes. And basically he said, WWE, he was talking to him. There were discussions between, uh, between him and them, but they played games. Uh, he said, uh, and I quote, I remember one of the first things I ever said to them was above all, Don't play games. And they played games, said Punk. Some things never change. When you enter a conversation with people you have a past with and you know who they are, how seriously can you take it? I know exactly who they are and they just continue to prove it. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as I possibly can. (laughs) At a voice, (laughs) Mark. I heard that. Um, diplomatic, huh? Is, is that what he meant? <laughs> Indeed, I believe so. Well, listen. I, it's it, it's definitely interesting to know he did have talks with WWE again. I'm kind of thinking that was probably during the Fox deal. And i also kind of thinking that's why he just kind of up and left that deal. Right. Maybe, maybe not. Because I know at one point he just wasn't on the show anymore, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like... For whatever reason, people were expecting that show to do really big numbers, and I think the first week or two it did, then it kind of progressively tapered off. Right. Because I think people were still seeing that even though he was kind of his own person, there was kind of a limit to that. Like, at the end of the day, regardless, the show was still out there to shill you know, SmackDown, so he wasn't really going to get a lot of opportunities to openly express how he felt about everything, and, Mm. you know, people didn't want half-truths or, you know, shine being put on something, being lied to, exaggerated, whatever.
2: Yeah, I kind of wish he had exaggerated on what games they were playing. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine what they were doing. I'm sure, and especially with a guy that walked out on him like that, they were trying to Jesus, like, uh, what's his name said in draft day? Fleece him. Mm-hmm. Fleece him. He's
1: coming back to us. Fleece him. All right? <laughs> Which, I mean, I will say on his, on his end, I give him credit for being smart enough not to buy the, well, you're going to get a big push, and we're going to give you this, and we're going to give you that, because unfortunately, there are some people. Who, as this was beginning to go on the AEW WWE thing, they fell for that kind of promises and they were were not given those kind of promises. <laughs> there were a couple of people that they contracts expired early on into the game when AEW and Dynamite was just starting to happen. That signed on theoretically based on the promise of bigger things around the you know around the bend in the future, and mm-hmm. they just never delivered them. And uh, we don't really see some of those people on TV anymore.
2: No, because after they're done and they fuck with you, they spit you out and release you. Mm-hmm. Zack Ryder. Yeah. Raise your hand, Zack Ryder. That's it. Matt Cardona. Who no longer
1: GCW champion, Spark, from what I heard. That's it. Yeah, they did the um, it was pretty interesting. They had a lot of shows this week and they did a Thursday show, a Friday show and a Saturday show. Hmm. The Saturday show was war games. They called it the art of war games because they can't call it war games because, right, you know, right. lawyers and such. Right. But um, they had a war games match. So that was pretty cool. After that, the cage was still up. The double cages were both still in the ring. Uh came out. He put out an open challenge. Frank the Clown showed up. <laughs> which that was a thing so like yeah he, he did, they did they basically did the whole finger poke a doom thing he laid down for him an easy win so like cardona is celebrating and whatnot it was kind of a weird segment because g raver comes out g raver has his like mi- uh, like druids like the undertaker did right just people in black robes yeah and i don't understand what the point of it was because he shows up with these druids cardona starts beating up the druids g raver just leaves he doesn't challenge him for the belt, doesn't cut a promo. he just disappears. <laughs> I have no idea why he was out there in the first place then. So, of course, one of the druids is just kind of, like, stalking him, Matt Cardona, behind his bag. And he's doing his little, little, little kind of taunts and poses and implications as to who it might be. And the oh. crowd's already going nuts. He hits the DDT, crowd goes apeshit, takes off the druid helmet, of course. Not helmet, but mask. <laughs> it's Moxley. People lose their fucking minds. He pins him. One, two, three. It's over. So you have a new GCW world champion and one John Moxley. And before the show even went off the air, they announced in October it's going to be Gage versus Moxley for the belt. So that's going to be pretty interesting.
2: That will be damn good right there. Let me guess. Moxley was back there cracking his neck.
1: Mm -hmm. I got to give the crowd credit, though, because at first, the only thing he did was just put his head on the turnbuckle. Like he does when he puts his head on Terry Merkle and just kind of crouches down a little bit. And people are th- are not, that was enough <laughs> for half the crowd to lose their minds because I didn't even make that connection.
2: Jesus. Well, they're they're an, uh, they're another uh, group of rabid fans, those GCW fans,
1: too. Oh, it was fucking, it was packed. Like, I have not seen, I've watched the majority of GCW shows over the last, like, two or three years, Mm. and I have not seen a crowd like that, because they were running in Chicago, too. Wow. Like, all three nights, they were running running in Hoffman Estates, so it was, I guess, kind of just outside of Chicago. It was more of a suburb, but.
2: Nice. Oh, shit. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Yeah, man, good stuff for GCW. They're out there fucking doing damn good too man they're they're becoming another alternative if you're an indie guy mm-hmm. it's got some good shit going on out there um, they had
1: a guy on one of their shows they there was a saturday friday show friday show they did a show in conjunction with black label pro which is a show indie that runs out of indiana primarily but they had a guy on there his name's action mike jackson he is 72 years old And he did a fucking suicide dive. I could not believe it. Like, this motherfucker moves without exaggeration like two or three times as well as Goldberg does. Oh, shit. Oh. If I'm going to go, I'm going out flying. (laughs) He <laughs> mm-hmm. was moving, too. That motherfucker could go. Like, it wasn't even, like, a novelty or a sympathy charity type situation. That motherfucker was in better shape than the majority of the people on that roster, in that on that show, in the crowd, however you want to put it. Like, that motherfucker could go, man. Might
2: have to check that out. Might need mm-hmm. to check that out. So, and you know, speaking of indie smart, I guess we can jump into this real quick. Uh, Booker T put out some uh, breaking news today he said i am proud to announce that the official row which is his uh reality of wrestling promotion will be returning it says returning the television uh returning to television nationwide in nearly 50 markets check out this press release uh, blah 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 um but yeah it looks like they're gonna start like very soon this month they are going to be starting to air. Doesn't say what channels yet, but uh, that's going to be announced next week. So maybe we'll get into that next week. But uh, damn, damn good for reality or wrestling and Booker T.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So just figured I'd throw that out there again, man. We're getting getting a lot of wrestling on television. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what stations this could come on. It could come on fucking yeah, friggin lifetime at 2 a.m. for all I
1: know. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. I'd be I'd be down for that. Um, <laughs> little Golden Girls, little little reality of wrestling. <laughs> I actually got a link for that. The, the, what I was talking about, this Action Mack Jackson guy, I posted in the Mixler here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shows that are on right now. I get Ring of Honor like a couple of times a weekend on my local Sinclair channel um mlw is on vice now i i I don't have vice anymore so i don't know to what extent that is but they have a deal there there's all kinds of different promotions running on tv at the moment it's a good time for all kinds of promotions out there
2: yeah you really can find i mean if you're don't want to watch wwe there's plenty to find out there especially like you said if you've got pluto if you've got uh hulu everything right now you can find other alternatives And, I mean, AEW right now is, like like we've been saying, it's definitely becoming a a hell of an alternative. Um, Let's see here. What else can we get into? I'm just trying to make sure we don't have any more with, um, like, AEW or anything like that. I don't think until we get to
1: AEW. Don't think we do. Uh, There's a slight, I don't know how we want to look at it. But... um... Two quick things actually First thing We were talking about the uh, Brian Danielson debut Per Dave Meltzer AW was unable to secure the rights To the final countdown By Europe for Brian Danielson That was the theme used on the indies Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He says even for Tony Khan It was cost prohibitive to license the song So they commissioned a new theme for Danielson
2: Probably good I want man That must mean they were going to charge A shitload of money for that song
1: Apparently, yeah, it's very interesting, because I've seen that song used in, like, video games and shit, and it seemed like it would not mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like it'd be comparable, you know, what I mean? comparable, because it doesn't seem like they would, like, gouge video game companies or whatever. I mean, it's, you know, licensing is licensing, but it's interesting, I guess, I don't know, I must have wanted a lot of money.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the the, the song they commissioned was obviously kind of a, uh, what would you call this, it was kind of an offshoot of the, uh, what is that, flight of the
1: uh valkyries
2: Valkyries. thank you yeah um so it was kind of it sounded it sounded enough like it when you first heard the beginning you knew who it was immediately
1: i it was it was an interesting debate anyway because i would have remembered it you know the if they were to use the final countdown but also he hasn't been on the indies for fucking over a decade at this Mm -hmm. point so for a lot, some of the newer fans, like, I don't know if they would have made that connection. Like, a lot of the old heads would have. <laughs> I would have. But, like, I'm not sure that, you know, people who followed him in WWE that have heard the murmurs, rumors that he might be coming in. I don't know if the pop would have been the same. I, like, the you know, like you said, the sort of knockoff or reimagined version of Flight of the Valkyries that they used. It was yeah. enough to get a pop. Everybody knew who it was. There was mm-hmm. no doubt. You know, there was a big cheer. Everybody loved it. They should have just got the Mighty Mass music. Mm, that's yeah. a that's a way to go. That would have been just as awesome.
2: Just as awesome. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I think I think it was probably the better thing to do. Him just coming off of WWE, that theme is stuck in people's heads at this point. Like I said, this I, you heard two two fucking notes, and you're like, oh shit! Look who's coming out. You knew. You knew. Mm-hmm. You knew. So I I I think it might have actually maybe a blessing in disguise if you will.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it works.
2: Yeah, I definitely do too. Most definitely. So uh yet something else too.
1: Yes. It's not necessarily directly related to AEW, but, you know, the way things work now, when the rumors are basically cleared all the big name potential signings have signed. Mm. You know, so right now we're down to just potentially Bray Wyatt who may come, may not come. It seems like there's a new story about that every couple of days. But this is uh, from Sean Ross Sapp. Breaking news. Fightful Select has learned Kevin Owens' WWE contract is up much sooner than expected. So apparently the it's going to expire January 2022 mm-hmm. on Monday. Um, there was some kind of, there was a, a little bit of a buzz being generated. He had tweeted out the coordinates and then quickly deleted the tweet to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> the Mount Rushmore reference being that in PWG, the group with him, Young Bucks and Adam Cole were referred to as the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. So the internet was a flutter with rumors.
2: Oh, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. Um... He'd be another great guy to get over there, man, at this point right now with everything going on, would not be a bad guy to get over there. But like you said, it's still January uh, 2022, which isn't that far away. I mean, we're mid almost mid-September at this point. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'll be here sooner than you think. The, yeah. There's also a rumor that uh, Sami Zayn's contract is going to be expiring around the same time, so ah. <laughs> we might be in for another round of just fucking insanity, I guess.
2: Boy, I'm not sure I need to see that again. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily proposing that they feud again, but, you know, They Both of them on their own would be very solid additions to that roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know, man. And Sammy, I'm
2: not sure Sammy would would be the one of them to move. They've actually done well with him.
1: See, I always kind of thought it would be the opposite. Like, I felt like Owens would stay there, and I felt like Sammy would be wanting to leave because he just seems like the kind of person who just likes starting shit. I don't know. I don't know, yeah, but it, it seems like he's kind of a bit like it seems like his character is not too far off from how he's perceived backstage. If I were to wager, I guess, as like he's probably not the most easygoing person. And I feel like he's probably ruffled a couple of feathers along the way.
2: Just a smart ass Canadian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, but uh, I don't know, man, I, I I think he'd be a good one to get over there. But uh, like I said, they've, they've done pretty well with Sami Zayn over there. They've kind of given him a little bit of, I mean, if if they're writing those promos for Sami, then there's one good writer in the bunch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know,
2: I don't know who that is. Let, let them write everything. How's that? Uh, but I don't know, man. Owens, Owens, I could see. He's been there longer, I believe, than Sami. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, I think it might be the other way around. Is it? Yeah, I I could be wrong. I'm gonna look. I mean, they were pretty much about the same time.
0: Hmm.
1: But I remember fucking. It it seems like it was forever ago that it was uh, him and Cesaro on NXT wrestling. Look this up real quick here, but we'll see. Um, just in the meantime, I guess we could talk about other things, though. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll jump into something else real quick while we're doing that. Uh, You know what we'll jump into something real quick while we're doing that and I guess what we could call that is any of you fans of ABC's Dancing with the Stars the Miz is officially going to be on the show that's right starting September 20th the Miz will be one of the people on that show. Okay, let's see. The Miz joins the following so celebrities for this season. Country music singer Jimmy Allen, Spice Girl Melanie C., reality TV star and philanthropist Christine Chu. Don't know who she is. Act- actress Melora Hardin, YouTuber and influencer Olivia Jade, reality TV star Matt James of The Bachelor, former Broadway dancer and talk show host Amanda Kloots, actor Martin Cove, Olympic gymnast Suni Lee, Reality star and Miss USA 1992 Kenya Moore and the former Pro Dancer and Peloton instructor Oh okay Cody Rigsby actor Brian Austin Green. Oh my David David? Okay actress and YouTuber Jojo Suwa. Siwa Suwa, I'm not sure. Uh and 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 NBA
1: player Iman Schumpert. Close enough? I'm on. Amon Shepard, yeah. It was close enough. I mean, he played for the Cavs, so fuck him. But... I
2: don't know who half these people are, and at this point, I feel like an old man.
1: Uh, I would say more so... Well, I don't know. Like, on, on one hand... The sort of avenues that you know make celebrities nowadays are different than the ones that we're used to. But yeah. I also think that they're running on like what fucking season is it now? At some point, you're starting to just reach the bottom of the barrel. Like one of the people you listed was a Peloton instructor. Like I didn't yeah. realize that they had that kind of pull or influence that like Peloton instructors are celebrities these days. Well, former pro dancer
2: and Peloton yeah. instructor.
1: Mm. Coding. I was actually thinking about that earlier because they showed a shit ton, at least on uh, you know on my television, wink wink, uh, shit ton of ads during AEW for Peloton. And I was kind of thinking about it. Is it's weird that they've sort of like created their own little like workout cult. But it's like the, it's this whole thing of like they integrated the so oh god, I sound like such a douche in this, but they integrated the social element into it. So it's like, you know, like oh keep up with your friends and what they're doing and you know how long they fucking rode their bicycle for and <laughs> it's stupid, but it's profitable. They're making money. It's like a Facebook
2: workout. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you can keep up with everybody on there and do all kinds of shit and make fun of people who don't ride as much as you, I guess I don't know, but my mom will be watching. she loves this show. I will not be, but you mm-hmm. smart, you're gonna, you gonna you' gonna jump on, watch the dancing with the stars uh not even slightly
1: <laughs> not even slightly
2: all right well for all you fans out there don't forget to catch the miz and a bunch of other people who i don't know um
1: <laughs> uh, all your favorite tiktokers will be on dancing with the stars i know who olivia jade is um, i don't i think isn't she the daughter of
2: the lady that just went to jail from fuller house Uncle uh, Aunt Becky, isn't she the isn't she Becky's daughter? Oh. Yes, that is yes, that is Lori Laughlin's daughter. Okay, mm. okay, so that's who that is. I was right on that one, so I knew who that was. Uh, the Olympic gymnast, I've heard of her because uh, the Olympics was just uh, she was uh, she she was a medal winner there. Uh, don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. Brian Austin Green, I know who that one is. And this JoJo, I've heard of her just because she's been changing her sexuality lately on the and the internet has to post it
1: ah well of course Mm. Mm -hmm. that's about it that's about it (laughs) so from that that graceful uh moment to another segue here to go tie up the loose ends uh january 2013 for sammy august 2014 for owens okay so sammy has been there longer about a year longer all right all right no problem. Calm down. Take no, it no. I just, there, there would inevitably be somebody, theoretically at least, that would be like, well, are you going to fucking answer who was there longer or not? <laughs> <laughs> well, nah, you
2: got a point there. Fuck it. Of course you would. Goddamn chat room. Anyway. Dirk. Uh... <laughs>
1: happy, happy birthday, by the way, Dirk. It was his
2: birthday Monday.
1: That's right.
2: Happy birthday, Dirk. And... It, just in case you want to go to Walmart and get something for your birthday, Dirk. That's right. Go to Walmart and get you a WWE
1: garbage pail figure. Hmm. Is this is based on the uh, you know the, the the other garbage pail figures. Yes,
2: except they have become very watered down with the names. Remember before it was like you know like like Gross George or something like that, and you know. Now it's uh, they have one of Savage Randy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously a Randy Savage one, which is kind of cool. Gigantic Andre. Unraveled Warrior for Ultimate Warrior. And of <laughs> course, you got to have a Steve Austin. Seething Steve. These are all about $16.96. So if you want to go out there to Walmart and buy some of those, definitely go check them out. They're kind of cool looking. They kind of got a little Funko Pop look to them. Hmm. Um, But their figures, you know, the one with Randy, he's jumping through a brick wall. The one with Andre, I can't really see. Warrior has the crazy light up wall behind him. And Steve Austin has what looks to be a crushed can of what could be beer. looks more like apple juice coming out (laughs) of it. Seething Steve, of course.
1: Well, yes, but I mean, I don't think they want to mention the fact that he's seething because the roast is burned.
2: Ah, (laughs) and there you go. So if you guys want to check out Walmart for those, enjoy yourself. I'm sure you can find them online too, somewhere.
1: (laughs) The sequel to that will be Disabled debris.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of sequels and movies, Mark, perfect segue into, yes. into this right here. Guys, if you are looking for a new horror movie to watch and you've got Netflix and you're going to be sitting around on October 5th. Oh, definitely. What you want to be doing is checking out Netflix because there is a new movie out called Escape the Undertaker. It's an interactive horror movie coming to Netflix just in time for Halloween. This flick stars the legendary Undertaker along with Biggie, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston. Obviously, we know they're the New Day. Um, This film sees the trio visit Undertaker's mansion, which turns out to be an extreme haunted house. Packed to the brim with supernatural challenges. According to Bloody Disgusting, you'll decide the fate of the New Day as the group tries to survive the wrath of the undertaker.
1: Hmm. What do you think of that? Well, let's get the obvious joke out of the way. How are they all going to die first? <sighs>
2: It'll be up to an audience, luckily, so you won't be able to blame anyone.
1: Mm, I see. I see. Yeah.
2: So, I don't know. I just thought this was weird. Um, I might have to check it out. I not you have a movie show. We might need to do this.
1: We might need to do this. I'm going to check it out. Like, it it seems like, I don't know, it's got the potential to be kind of fun. I'm worried that it's going to be just like super, well, even if it is super cheesy that might also make it fun yeah. or interesting so i'm going to i'm going to be willing to give it a try we'll see about that they they've done a couple of things like that on netflix before the interactive movies they did one with uh, black mirror they had their own spin-off movie where you decide the outcome i fucked around with that before it's it's, it's kind of fun just one, like a sort of a modern take on those old choose your own adventure books mm, kind of like uh, life selector Hmm. I think that's a
2: different one than what you were thinking of. Um
1: <laughs> I know they have one where it's like survival, it's like a survival movie, and you're supposed to or documentary, however the fuck they want to phrase it as. But you're like, Well, what would you do in this situation? And then it's up to you to decide. I don't know how any of that played out because I didn't bother with it, but I knew it was it was it's been out there. Okay.
2: Yeah, I didn't bother with it either, which is probably a good thing. So um got a few more little things to get into smart here let's get into uh this one real quick I guess before we uh we do anything um WWE put out a statement today an official statement talking about Triple H saying that he has had a cardiac event he has was he was taken care of at the Yale New Haven Hospital and the statement says Paul Levesque. Uh, Paul Levesque a.k.a. Triple H, underwent a successful procedure last week at Yale New Haven Hospital following a cardiac event. The episode was caused by a genetic heart issue, and Paul is expected to make a full recovery. Wow. Uh, cardiac event, that's vague. Genetic heart heart issue is even more vague. This is a vague one, but... Um, I guess it looks like he, I mean, this was last week. I believe they would have told us if there was anything going on. He did, is expected to make a full recovery. So I guess he's doing well, but uh, man, kind of, kind of weird, man. Hearing this, I mean, what, first of all, I'd like to know what kind of cardiac event. I mean, a cardiac event could be anything from a fucking heart attack to, you know, just normal palpitations or an
1: anxiety attack. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the jokes kind of write themselves with just all of the, like, talk of Vince taking over NXT and him being in a doghouse and all of that kind of situations. It seems like things have been kind of stressful for him lately. If one, you know, if what we read is to be believed. Uh, yes, if what, we read, if what we read is to be believed. I do agree with that. So,
2: um, I don't know. Just uh, glad he's doing well. And, uh, man, I, I, I don't know. If I'm... Get better, Triple H. I, you're too young, brother. Don't 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 start this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't start this shit, motherfucker. So there we go. I just wanted to mention that because it was kind of going around today. Um, Smart, you got one more little one here
1: on uh with Moxley in it. Sure, I'll go ahead and bring that one up here. He had uh of course AEW was in Cincinnati, so he was doing sort of a media scrump if you want to call it that, he had talked to Cincy360, I believe it was, mm-hmm. this is from Fightful, so I kind of go down the rabbit hole of paraphrasing. But, um, yeah, speaking on Cincinnati 360, Moxley discussed the growth of AEW and how he's now taking his victory lap. Quote, it's cool, he said about the new additions. All right, that's it. No, i <laughs> <in. Anyways. laughs> It's, quote, it's crazy to see... When this was all just an idea a few years ago, Tony Khan sitting at my kitchen table and Hi. being like, we're going to have real TV and real touring. Really? <laughs> it seemed almost unrealistic to take a gamble to come out here and be like, if you guys are doing that, I want to be a part of it. Maybe we'll fall flat on our face and we'll all look stupid and this will be a big disaster. But if it's successful, it would really be cool because that's what wrestling needs. Looking at it two and a half years later, I don't think we could have imagined it going any better. I've talked a lot of crap about what I think sucks in wrestling. I think characters should be authentic. I don't think I don't like hokey crap or scripts and writers. I'll never read a script for the rest of my life. Bet your ass on that. So uh, no more Marine sequels, I guess. A guy (laughs) like Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston 24-7. He finishes his cigarette, walks into the building, and it's the same guy. I'm betting he smokes Newports. Mm. There is no put-on character going on here. That's what wrestling should be, letting guys be themselves and having their own creativity, whether they are Orange Cassidy or a crazy high-flying team like the Young Bucks who think up the most ridiculous and action-packed sequences. No one is trying to tone each other down or say that's too much. Vince McMahon would watch a lot of AEW matches and say, That's that's garbage. They're not selling. Slow it down, pal. It's crap. Blood and guts or whatever, but he wouldn't be paying attention to the 15,000 people going nuts. I feel vindicated. I said a lot about how I felt wrestling should be. That's what AEW was going to do, and that's what we did. Now look where we are. Now I'm going to have a bit of a flex. I imagine that he – I can't see it because it's text, but I imagine that he did flex after that. I could think
2: he probably did. Now, I got to tell you, this kind of goes into what we've been talking about kind of all night with AEW just really going out there and letting these guys do what they want, be themselves, you know, say the shit they want to say. And, I mean, come on, you look at Eddie Kingston, I think you can tell he's not putting on a character. I mean, (laughs) he's not putting on no character. Eddie Kingston looks like he's Eddie Kingston. Um, A lot, but it it, it does. It just kind of ties into the whole kind of the theme of the show tonight, which is just, you know, whatever Vince McMahon thinks, Moxley says a very, very smart thing right here. Vince may say, you know, slow it down. It's crap, blood and guts or whatever. But he wouldn't be paying attention to the 15,000 people going nuts. And he's right. Vince wouldn't even look at that. The crowd wouldn't even be in his mind. He would just look at the match and say it's shit. But these AEW fans eat it the fuck up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And if the AEW, it, it, and that's who you're selling your product to. You're not selling this product to Vince McMahon. You're selling this to your no. fans who are going fucking nuts in the fucking audience and on television. So exactly. So, you know, I I, I kind of see where he's at, and I, I like that he says he feels vindicated. He should. He went to gave it a shot, gave it a chance, and company's fucking doing great now, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. So. All right, you got anything on that? Uh, not too much more on that individually, no. All right.
2: All right, then we'll get into a couple small, one more little thing here. And then I guess we'll get into AEW and get this done for the night. Thank God, my stomach's killing me.
1: Uh, well, before we get into AEW, mm-hmm. they uh, they put out the list today. I'll go through some of them yes. for the PWI Top 500 list. Now, I will just go ahead. We're going to do, I have the top 20, but I'm going to go with 10. I'm going to go from 10 down here. Number 10, we got Rich Swan. I was pretty happy to hear about that. Shingo Takagi at number 9, Finn Balor number 8, Will Ospreay number 7. Kind of surprising. John Moxley number 6, Kota Bushi number 5, number 4, Drew McIntyre number 3, Bobby Lashley number 2, the old big dog himself, Roman Reigns, and number 1, Kenny Omega.
2: Yeah, and I see a lot of uh, kind of back and forth. Does Omega deserve it? Does Reigns deserve it? Does Omega deserve it? Does Reigns deserve it? You know, both of them have had great years this year and been fucking amazing and had great matches. But let's face it, one was the belt collector. One just has a belt.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, Omega had three different belts, and then Osprey unfortunately, got injured shortly thereafter. He won his New Japan belt, so it's kind of makes sense, I guess, that he wasn't number one. I mean, number seven is still kind of undervaluing him, I think, a little bit, but it is what it is on that front. <laughs> right, yeah. It yeah. is a little bit of a weird list. Because it's not top 10 or top 20 even, but they have Walter at 28 and Braun Strowman at 27. Like, I get that some of this is based on, like, kayfabe and shit, but even under the kayfabe realm of, like, looking at things, the kind of prism logic, Walter still had a belt for, like, three years, and Strowman didn't do much of shit this year, so it's like I still don't necessarily understand how you arrive at that. Yeah, Strowman was out, he came back, he was out again, then he got fired. Right. Yeah. Cause it's Stroman is like Stroman 27, MJF 26, Walter 28. Like, I don't think Stroman, based on just the year he had, even from a kayfabe perspective, like the last year or so, I don't think he belongs like within that same conversation of MJF or Walter.
2: Yeah. That's, that's, that's a little odd. But I mean, let's be honest. This list is, it, it does what it's supposed to do every year. It causes a bunch of bullshit and brouhaha. And Melcher loves it. And for Meltzer to put someone in AEW as number one, come on, come on, come on, man.
1: Actually, it's not, that's uh, not Meltzer. uh, That's a PWI. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. And Meltzer was actually pretty pissed that Osprey wasn't number seven. Oh, wow. he thought Osprey was supposed to be number one. So I don't know why he's turning his back on his old pal Kenny Omega, but he was actually out there griping and complaining with the rest of us, which is kind of funny because it's like, I don't know. I feel like he should be above that, but you know, it is what it is.
2: (sighs) Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm over here yawning and wincing and I apologize. Uh, Dirk asked if I was all right. I'll live, Dirk. I think I got a hold of some bad leftovers last night and uh think I might have a little food poisoning. Um Old Green Bean casserole. I should have asked my wife when she put it in there. She told me after I was done with like half of it. I'm like it still tastes good. She's like, but but I can't tell you what's in there. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to know that. Um one more small thing before we get into AEW. Uh, we've been talking about uh, Gable Steveson. Obviously, since the Olympics, he's been kind of making a name for himself. And it looks like he, according to reports, he has actually signed with WWE. Uh, also says in this report that he did meet with uh, UFC President Dana White in late August as he was weighing his options. So if reports are correct, might be seeing him in NXT a little while. In a little
1: while, what the hell?
2: I can't even talk tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that. I don't think that really comes as a surprise to anybody. They were definitely flirting with him hard, and it definitely seemed like he was receptive of that. Right. He kind of, you know, went out and threw a, you know, put a shield out there to support them, and he had that whole little back and forth with Jake Hager and shit. So it's like he's kind of always been firmly in their pocket. So it's not surprising at all. Yeah, It seems like that's kind of a route that they're going to plan on moving down towards, too, now. Because they also have a tag team of former amateur wrestlers that they brought out on NXT mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. The, the Creed Brothers. They welcomed them with arms wide open. All right, there we go. That was my joke. Since we're not talking about NXT, I had to awkwardly shoehorn that in. But uh, I wanted to get that. I, I worked hard. I spent all day writing that. So I wanted to, you know. thought we were about to hear a Desire video. Mm hmm. Well, I I know that that's probably their real name, but they they have to get they cannot call them guys the Creed brothers. It's just it's not going to work. That's not their real names. Then don't fucking call them the Creed brothers. No, especially when you have some and like not only do you lend yourself to a bunch of different dumb Creed jokes like I just made. You also have somebody on your roster who actually does have that as their legitimate surname, so it's it's very weird. So just stop calling them that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they probably should.
1: <laughs> but
2: I I don't know. Maybe it meant something to them. Maybe there's a reason they're calling them that. But uh, I know that's not their real names. I I forget their real names, but uh, that's not that's not it.
1: Oh man, how good how good of a tag to like. Maybe not even as a tag team, maybe just as a person or maybe even as a faction. Like as a gimmick, you know, those people that like are strong men or like bodybuilders that do a bunch of fucking like chopping up wooden boards and blocks and shit like with a religious spin on it, Mm -hmm. like everything they do, they do for Christ and they do all these like fucking acts of strength and then they preach and do sermons and shit. That would be an amazing gimmick for a tag team. Wouldn't be
2: bad would not be bad sir that'd be pretty damn good look at you coming up with shit all right smark i know i've i feel like i've kind of rushed you some shit tonight and i apologize but um let's get through AEW here what do you say let's go uh, obviously coming off the heels i guess this would be the fallout to all out That's what they've been
1: calling it, actually, yeah.
2: Well, that's what they should call it, because it is the fallout to All Out. And uh, again, we've already talked about that, what a hell of a show it was. Uh, This show was interesting. Interesting. Let's just put it that way. Dustin Rhodes was the first match out versus Malachi Black. Wasn't great. Wasn't awful. And I'm not putting any of this on Malachi Black. Mm, interesting. I, I just thought Dustin looked a little slow in there tonight. Maybe it was me. Black did win that match. Uh, maybe it was just me. I was also wincing in pain every 10 seconds. Could have been me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think some of that, though, is also just we all know where this is going. And none of us are really all that excited because all of this is. Just you know, to set up the match with Cody. Right. So it's like we all just kind of wanted to get there and be done with. Oh yeah. Like anytime anybody's feuding with Cody, we all just kind of want to see them do things that doesn't involve Cody.
2: Yeah, I did think you know one thing Malachi Black does have is he's very creative with continuity. He pulled out the boot. If you remember, Cody was taking off his boots about to retire, when Malachi Black attacked him he broke out the boot tonight and started using it that i thought is cool i mean just going down to the whole eye thing that he's doing with you know when buddy murphy you know took out his eye i very creative with continuity and you know what it works definitely it works man it's something that's been missing from wrestling for a very long time and i mean you can see how creative this guy was and the fact that wwe obviously wasn't letting him you know, use his creative juices as, as, as they say. That's it. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about Eddie Kingston fucking loved this promo, dude. He's just, I don't know why, man. He makes me happy when I see him. I don't, I don't know why.
1: (laughs) And I, I, the best part was, unfortunately, I, I, you missed it Friday. But I was watching while I was waiting for us to go on to talk about draft day. I was watching Rampage, and he came out there, cut a promo before All Out, obviously on Miro. And my favorite thing is, he basically he ends the promo with. Call yourself the Redeemer partner. Tell you what, my man, how about you redeem these nuts? And he drops the microphone, gets in the ring, and then just Excalibur goes, The pride of New York, Eddie Kicks. are <laughs> <laughs> like, beautiful. And his shirt at all out did say
2: redeem these nuts. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Again, man, they've all got a little continuity. They're doing a lot. It's fun. Believe it or not, continuity like this is fun in wrestling. And guess what? You're supposed to have fun when watching wrestling. You're not supposed cool. to sit there and just be like, "Are the kiddies liking it?" Mm-hmm. No, no, it's just not the way it's supposed to be. But um, after that Eddie Kingston promo, we had CM Punk come out. Crowd, of course, going fucking ape shit for him again. Uh, he thanks Darby Sting's and the fans. This is uh, this is very uber babyface CM Punk we're getting right now.
1: I, You know, I wonder. I, I saw people like have theories on this based on the way that he wrestled uh, during all out this is this maybe this is just setting up for an inevitable like heel turn because they said because people were saying that he wrestled very heelish because there's a lot of like rest holds and things of that nature to me it just seemed more like he was trying to trying to find his footing because he had wrestled in seven years but yeah, it, maybe it is he is being like you said he's being very kind con- like he's basically the AEW mascot at the moment
2: yeah but you know I, i'm with you i think in the match i believe he was trying to tell the story he's trying to get his bearings back about him and kind of you know kick off the ring rust. I mean, yeah, he's probably <laughs> excuse me, been wrestling with people, you know, for a while now, but I think that's the story he was trying to tell in there. I don't think he was wrestling heel heel at all. I do think eventually he will turn heel. I mean it's CM Punk, goddammit. He's brilliant at it.
0: Sure. <laughs>
2: so I did like that he put over Suzuki and Moxley and Ruby. Uh he basically put over everybody Daniel uh, Brian Danielson of course um and we've got Linda Pillman out there and mm-hmm. uh Punk says he'll uh he Punk did mention her says oh, I I saw the dark side of the ring you're a hell of a woman um but says he'll let the fans decide who's next for him now Smark were you as confused as I was when with what Taz was saying
1: Yes. Also, a quick aside next week, uh, the first half of season three Dark Side of the Ring is out on Hulu for those who haven't seen it. There you go. All right. Might have to check that out while it's on there. Now, it wasn't that Taz, Taz stood up. I think he
2: stood up too early, to be honest with you. <laughs>
1: yeah, because he was going through, for those who haven't seen it, CM Pug was like, you know, he asked the fans who he should wrestle next. And obviously, people aren't going to give him an answer in unison. That would be really weird. <laughs> if everybody just, like, you know, stood up and they were, they were like, Dr. Luther! <laughs> Which, I mean, who would want that? But anyways... Everybody, you know, he's like listing all the names that he heard because he's like, "Oh, I heard some, someone, so some said Kenny Omega, and this person said, you know, this person." There's just a lot of other people, and then just out of nowhere, he didn't mention a single person on Team Taz. And Taz stands up and goes, "You know what? I've had enough about this. Don't you ever say a member of Team Taz." Yeah, he's like, "I didn't." <laughs> I know. Punk's like, "Not only did I didn't, not one person in this fucking whole
2: crowd mentioned Team Taz, <laughs> not one person from it." But he did say, "You know what? Bring on your little bitches. Bring on Hook. Bring on." on Hobbs bring on uh, Starks he doesn't care bring them all on and then like I said earlier he jumps back on the ropes and says I'm back motherfuckers Mm -hmm. they didn't even pan the camera they let that fly didn't even pan the camera so I I thought it was pretty cool Um, and I, I guess they decided to like I said I really feel Taz stood up early because Punk was like, "I, I don't, out of respect, I'll let you talk, but don't fucking interrupt me again." <laughs> the whole crowd was like, "Yeah!"
1: It was a very awkward yeah. sort of a sort of a situation, because like their, their back and forth felt very awkward. And then, and like he's only being honest, but at the same time, it, it like made people on Team Taz look bad because yeah. was like, "Dude, nobody mentioned you guys. I didn't mention them. The fans didn't mention them." You guys aren't over. What are you fucking talking about? i like really (laughs) the only thing that is even like could potentially be parsed from this or like any sort of a backstory that could be like sort of figured out from this was he did post a picture, I believe, on Twitter earlier that he found a FTW hat in the gym. Uh. And he said that he could only think of, like, three people that would actually want to wear this in public. <laughs> but, like, they didn't even really mention that so much. He just kind of vaguely said that he, they're talking bad about him on social media. But, like, I don't know who else, you know, like, very few people who would even have seen that post or know about that or just whatever. So it's it was all very clunky and awkward and weird.
2: Yeah, it's almost like when uh, Goldberg was, ta- you know, coming out to tell Drew, you need to respect the elders. He's like, uh... I- think I've been doing that my men okay it's like, yeah you have been what the fuck is Goldberg talking about the phantom promo as they call it smart mm-hmm. and I guess this was all just to bring out Hobbs anyway for his match with Dante Martin um Hobbs still needs work but I do like the guy I really do I, I definitely think he needs a little more time a little more work but I like him Dante that's a fucking he's a hell of a high flyer man and very obviously talented. He obviously young and talented, which is even better. He's gonna have a good long career. Oh yeah, he has a very bright feature
1: ahead of him. Uh so bright he has to wear shades. There you go. According to Tim Buck three. Christopher Kane saying uh, black messed up the finish in the uh opener.
2: I didn't quite see the finish
1: completely. Did he? He might have. Um, I wasn't sure either. I know, I know. He hit him with, and they need to come up with a name because they just keep calling it the spinning, you know, spinning heel kick. Yeah, or the roundhouse, or they they just keep calling it something bullshit every time. Which I mean is like the official, you know, that's like actually what it's called or whatever. That's the technique, however you want to phrase it. But like, when it's not a finisher name, it just kind of makes it sound like it's just an ordinary move. So if like, if that's going to be his finisher because I know they can't can't call it Black Death anymore, but something just fucking call it Black Death. Yeah. Black Death, Black Plague, whatever black the fuck. Black uh,
2: that might be taken by some. There's probably got to be a, well, there's a Black Mass movie too, so I don't know. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Black Death, Black Plague. Call it a thousand things with the word black in it. I'm not gonna. Call yeah, spinning heel kick, not spinning wheel kick, I know. Yeah, you're definitely not going to call it a Malachi kick or anything. <laughs> the Muay Thai Malachi. What do you think of that? There you go. Malachi Muay Tai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be like Tybo. I like it. Like Tybo, Little little Billy Blanks. Who doesn't like Billy Blanks? Exactly. I like Billy Blanks. He was in a he was in a movie, I remember. <laughs> he was. He was in uh The Last Boy Scout. Interesting. Right in the beginning, right when they're uh when they're playing football, he shoots two guys and then puts a bullet in his head in the end zone.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Great movie. Okay. Actually it's a good movie. It's with,
1: it is good. every movie I watch has murder and death in it too. So well it's it's
2: a cop movie. It's got Bruce Willis a private investigator movie. Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Okay. Good movie though. Very good movie. So anyway, um all right, we've put over Dante enough. Dan Lambert. Once again, out there with uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, just out there shitting on AEW's millennial generation of fans. And I love every second of
1: it. Absolutely. I love his promos. I kind of wish that they put him with somebody else, though, Mm -hmm. because it's... Knowing what I know makes it weird because he's like his whole stick is that he is, as I kind of alluded to on commentary, old man yells at clouds. (laughs) He's the older guy, the traditionalist, you know, back in his day wrestlers were men and the the guys that he's managing now are real men. But like if you go online, there's all kinds of fucking Ethan Page has his own vlog where he talks about shows all his fucking comic book movie collection or comic book collection and just Power Rangers memorabilia and shit. Like, he's essentially a less popular version of Matt Cardona. And it's like, it makes it hard for me to believe this gimmick when you're managing him, but your promos are still really good.
2: (laughs) Well, just concentrate on the promos because they are great. He's really good. He's a fucking natural at this, man. Oh, he is, he's fucking wonderful. He's he's very good. Mm, absolutely, man. We had MJF coming on out with Wardlow. Uh he's basically talking shit. Says the match was restarted Sunday because of a bias against me. He shit on Cincinnati for a while. Um,
1: talked a little shit to uh Linda Pillman. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> good. <ahead. laughs> I think he called her 60 and pregnant, which made me laugh.
2: Yeah, yeah. And talked a little shit to Pillman's daughter. Called her Roseanne. It was <laughs> fucking wonderful. Now, Pillman Jr. comes out looking looking like the best Brian Bosworth ever could have.
1: Mm-hmm. He
2: really does have a Brian Bosworth look to him. I don't know why I think that, but he does. Um, and obviously with, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, MJF talking shit about his family. Uh, he runs down there. He's in the ring. And I he, Wardlow is in between, you know, Pillman and uh, MJF. And MJF at one point looks at Wardlow and goes, why don't you just go stand in the corner and look pretty?
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> you helped me out so great on Sunday, didn't you? <laughs> okay. That's it. Obviously, eventually, I mean, they've been teasing this for a while. Eventually... Wardlow's just going to knock this motherfucker out. Um, MJF took a couple of low blows at Pillman's mom with what he was saying, though. I will say that.
1: called uh, their methody Pillman, which I thought was fucking amazing.
2: It was pretty funny, but it was still kind of <laughs> low,
1: still kind of low,
2: still kind of low. He
1: said he would have been better off swallowed like the rest of the potential suitors or the rest of the potential <laughs> next generation.
2: Wrestlers. You know what? I've got about 40 seconds of, uh, of him right here, of MJF. We can go ahead and we back up these three seconds and hit play. It's
0: one of the great wrestling cities. It's called the Midwest because every single thing in it is mid. Skyline Chili. Mid. Your Cincinnati Reds who haven't won a World Series since 1990, Mama ma, ma, Mid, Red Sox, <laughs> and every single person who lives here is Mid.
2: Always good at talking shit to the crowd, getting the crowd hyped up. He's always great at that. Just great to hear. But yeah, he did. Uh, like I said, those were kind of kind of low blows down there. Uh, with uh, what he was saying to uh, Pillman, but that's a few and I can I can I can get into right there. MJF and Pillman Jr.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a good showcase for Pillman Jr. because obviously they're high on him, and, but we haven't really got to see him do too much outside of just you know the tag team realm. Right.
2: Yeah. Exactly. My dog will not stop
1: shaking over here. Oh, you would think I just gave him a bath. Mine, got a bath Monday. She, I, I don't think she's forgiven me yet.
2: <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, so anyway, after the whole Pillman thing, we get Jamie Hader versus Ruby Soho. Uh, but we got to bring up one thing that was said as Britt Baker and her crew were back there with Ruby Soho and Tony Schiavone's talking, and Britt Baker looks at her and goes, "You call yourself the Runaway? Why don't you run away to catering?" Where you have been for the last four years Ouch
0: <laughs>
1: Ouch But a great line nonetheless Great line nonetheless That's one of those where I felt bad for her because it's like You really did this what else can you What can you say to that it's like shit <laughs> That's, I know all you can do is go out there and beat The shit out of her if you can um, I mean pretty much the only thing she can Pretty much do is basically she just like kind of turned to Tony Schiavone and was like you better keep your bitch in check Man <laughs> That would have been great. Which, poor Sivani was getting it all night long, too.
2: He really was, man. Cole really got in his face. Uh, but anyway, uh, we had Jamie Hader versus Ruby Soho. Once again, the crowd chant was great for Ruby. Um, it, it, she again kind of had that look like, oh, my God, I still can't believe this. But Ruby did win after the match. He's attacked by Brit, Rebel, and Hader Statlander and uh Riho comes in, Statlander's got a chair to kind of even everything out and uh those uh the heels run. They ski daddle, Smart. Mhm. Mhm. All right. Now I hope you saw this cuz I missed the whole Pinnacle versus Dark Order match. I'll be honest, I was freezing. I had to go take a shower to warm up. I don't, I got to figure out what's wrong with me, dude. I don't have a fever though.
1: Really, not too much to talk about. It's just a furtheration or a continuation, I guess is an actual word, unlike for- furtheration. But it's a continuation of the Dark Order feud of them basically just collapsing onto themselves, imploding. Mm-hmm. Uh, FTR ended up winning the match, and there was just more back and forth infighting between the Dark Order, while well, Anna Jay and Conti just kind of watched on in disbelief. There wasn't really too much to it, and it just, it was what it was. Unfortunately, I feel like it would have been better if they allocated more time to the main event and just didn't bother with this one at all, Mm. or just, you know, put it on the back burner for next week or whatever. Because I I would say that Dynamite as a whole was a really good show, but it was just one of those things where there's so much going on right now that, like, the main event got a little bit shortchanged, I feel like. Oh, yeah.
2: I I mean, especially the, the, the entrance for Suzuki was, like, 25 seconds. It was like, whoa, did you just cut. I mean, come on. This is fucking Minoru Suzuki here.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, there isn't too much theatrics to his entrance outside of the, like, he does, like, terrorize fucking New Japan. They have, you know, the Young lion, So he just, like, terrorizes them and, like, threatens to cause physical harm to the announcers. But for the most part, he, he's kind of straightforward, but, like, yeah, they, they sped through his entrance and they mm. sped through the match. They It seems like they almost spent more time promoting it than they actually did have it happen. So well, that was kind of weird.
2: Well, when I turned it on or when, when the match came on for me, it was like 48 past the hour. So mm. it was, you know, there's, you know, 12 minutes left in the show. Wasn't going to be a long match no matter what. And I think right. they might have spent a little bit too much time on this whole, you know, Tony Schiavone with the elite you get Don Callis, they bring out Adam Cole, like you said Cole gets in his face uh in a uh, Tony's face. Uh Brian Danielson out, Omega clears the ring. "Can I have the room?" he says. "Can I What what just give me the room. Give me the room." Um and Brian challenges Omega, but he's jumped by the Elite and Jurassic Express and Christian kind of came down to even the odds. I mean, look, I'm not saying this didn't have to be in there, but did it did it have to be here? You're right. This Pinnacle Dark Order match probably could have been, you know, bumped and spent a little more time on these last two segments.
1: Right. I, I, I get having the Elite segment because obviously everybody wants to hear from Adam Cole. Mm. And then you you do two birds and one stone because you have Brian come out too. Right. So I, I understand that part. Like maybe you had them all come out together. Maybe you don't, you know, spend extra time bringing out Adam Cole separate from the Elite or whatever. But that that was a necessary segment in my opinion, but then just, you know, like I said, the six-man tag wasn't really all that necessary for this week. Right. That could have been a Rampage thing. That could have been a Dynamite thing next week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree with you. Just, I mean, by just these last two segments, you're right, and they definitely ran through the last match really quick. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a good, brutal match to end the show with, but, I mean, you know, Moxley wins, obviously, for a nice feel-good, you know, to leave dynamite with, but uh pretty good match, but, but, but very quick. Um, Suzuki was busted open at one point, but not too much, really, but a good match to say the least.
1: Yeah. And they, and they did have a match in new Japan that was, that went for a, a bit longer and was, a pretty good match in and of its own, but I was a little bit bummed out because they they did spend a lot of time talking about it and they promoted it and everybody was excited for it and then they just didn't really give them enough time to go out there and really get anything going because right. it seemed like they only had like a minute or two before they hit pitcher and pitcher and then after pitcher and pitcher, it wound it wound down. It was over pretty quickly after that, so it was, it was a little bit of a bummer there. But all in all, I think it was a solid show. Yeah,
2: like I said, it wasn't an excellent show. It wasn't an amazing show but um i thought it was definitely a good show like i said they after all out i mean jesus christ how much more could you really do after your pay per view i mean you blew your wad pretty good
1: <laughs> true that is true yeah i know yeah, yeah
2: you 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 blew everywhere you, you're a little hydrated you could use a sandwich mhm you know a piss definitely a piss so you know you know they they took a little break but it was still a good show. Not like they just, you know, phoned it in for this show. I thought they still furthered a lot of storylines, got their new people, you know, their their new guys out there really good and put them over and made some matches. And
1: that's it. That's really all you can ask for.
2: That's it, man. So uh, I guess on that, we can wrap this up. Like I said, I know we kind of sped through a few things tonight. and I apologize for that. It's my fault. I'm just not feeling very good. Um, but we still got through everything, uh, pretty much. No, we got through everything. Actually, I don't think mm-hmm. I, I don't think I skipped a damn thing. So, all right, let's play this song here, and that means I will definitely tell everyone to check out the high marks. That's right, it's Cheese Man, it's Mojo, it's G Wiz. It is on Mixler. Dot com slash metal mitt network. That's right, check them out over there, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sundays. And, of course, you got the Inhumans, Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. Check them out on all the usual podcast platforms. And, of course, while you're over there, check out the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. That's Eric and Doug and Daniel, and they are over there on all the usual platforms and Blog Talk Radio, so check them out. And Steve Milan out there sharing the show, greatly appreciated check him out over there slash steven milan 2L's in milan and of course don't forget to uh tune on in friday for hollywood hangout once again folks and again much earlier not going at 11:30 eastern time again Whew, my old ass can't take this shit no more
1: go ahead smart that's it. Mondays at 8.30 p.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man, Cheese Master, as well as Luke Birch, G-Wiz, Matt, and myself. Check us out Mondays at 8.30, Sundays, 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast Network. Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo with Dirk. And last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Rack R- 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 on to. The Planet Rack on tour podcast. Bobby Anthony, Papa Dave, Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. All 16 episodes are available of season one and season two is ongoing, so be sure to subscribe so that you can get all of them. And I will keep reminding you if you don't. Okay.
2: Alright. So you are now a permanent fixture on Cheese on Sports? That's it. Monday's 8:30. Alright. Well, I have not I have not said congratulations, sir. And I I I I, I need to. Congratulations. Very good. Very good. So all right, man. So you can listen to Mark Monday nights as well as here. And uh, that's it. We are out of here. Appreciate everybody joining us tonight. Uh, thank you, chat room. Thank you, downloaders. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Bye.
0: Adios. Oh. Love you.